0: Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? We did. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Gundog
1: podcast. Welcome back everybody. Thanks for tuning in again. Sorry about the delay in getting this, this episode out to you. We've had quite a busy week. Um, yeah, plenty of stuff
0: going on in our lives on the farm. On the farm, always busy, and a little bit, a little bit of a lack of motivation just yeah. with every, all the lockdown that's going on. I mean, you can't avoid it. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough. But we, at the end of the day, people are having tough times, and there's maybe
1: a few people out there that want to listen to us ramble on about stuff. We all make their isolation a little bit easier. Exactly. So that's that's, that's our motivation. That, that's what keeps us going. And so here we are. We're back, and today's episode is going to be. Slightly bigger than the normal, um, to help with isolation blues that are setting in uh, but also due to the fact that we um, have lots to say about the most popular bleh, bleh, popular pedigree dog in the world, the Labrador
0: Retriever. You did a very good job of reading my writing. Yeah, I've, it's got, really I've got bruised finger, so my usual illegible writing is, is even worse. So. Yeah. That's that's why we script it, people. That's, that's why, why we script it. I should have scripted it myself, though. So, yeah, you should, yeah, lesson learned. That's for episode four. Script everything in our own writing. Originally... Ugh, oh, fuck. Originally being bred as ship dogs. What dogs? Ship Jim, with a P. Oh. They were used to carry messages between vessels or carry mooring lines to shore. Fisher and tradesmen, looking to better their canine companions, then bred them with dogs of equal or better water ability once the boats made it to the trading ports of Canada and Newfoundland. The now extinct St John's water dog and the Newfoundland dog was introduced and the offspring taken back to Britain to the major trading port of Poole in the 19th century. The Dukes of Buccleuch, Malsbury, and Home took an interest in these dogs for that water and retrieving ability and looked to use them as wild dogs. Introduce some border collie blood for ability, a little fox hand blood to increase the hunting drive, and you're well on your way to having a modern Labrador Retriever. Okay, alright, here we go. And a one, two. <laughs> Jamie has a fact he'd like to share that has absolutely nothing to do with dogs, so um, let's just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> well, that's not true. It's got a little bit to do with dogs, especially with the Labradors, because as you
1: talked about in your little intro... They came from Newfoundland, and yes, it is Newfoundland. It is not uh, a little extract from a book here. Newfoundland is not enunciated as if it were three distinct words as in Newfoundland, nor is it pronounced pr- pron- oh, for God's sake, pronounced as if it were somehow a Scandinavian colony as in Newfoundland. instead it is Newfoundland. The key is to say it very fast Newfoundland. So there we go. You nailed it in the intro, but just for everyone... For, yeah, for a few different reasons a question from this is, obviously the dog, people call Newfoundlands, so should they be called Newfoundlands, or are, is the
0: dog acceptable to say Newfoundlands? Is that what they call them? Yeah. I feel like if we called them Newfoundlands, we'd just be looked at a bit weird. Yeah, that's a lovely Newfoundland. Newfoundland, whoa.
1: I no, a what? <laughs> a what? A what? It's a Newfoundland. Um, yeah, so, uh, anyway, there you go. But the, the, the little... It's not a country, is it? No, it's a... It's a province. There we go, sorry. A province. So, the province you call Newfoundland. And obviously, on that province, you Labrador.
0: Which is why the Labradors Well, that, Labrador. that Well, that province is actually and called... That, it's Newfoundland and Labrador. And that is pronounced Labrador. That's pronounced Labrador. Not Labrador. 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 Or as I pronounced it... A Labrador... Uh, why the, I, don't, I don't know why I went Scouse at that end. <laughs> Labrador Retriever. Labrador Retriever. Uh, I'm not from anywhere near Liverpool, uh, so... I, and I wasn't making fun of the Liverpool accent at all, I just... Nothing wrong with it. I just was told to be a bit happier. And the last few the last few takes, I just well, on the f- felt a bit depressed. Yeah, and the Labrador
1: Retriever. We're meant to, be, meant to be lifting people's spirits, and you were sounding really And depressed. the way of lifting people's spirits for me is to, um... Go a bit scarce, so <laughs> everyone's happy when yeah. you're talking scarce. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Labrador Retriever hey, The Labrador Retriever. Um, what can we say
0: about the Labrador Retriever? The most popular pedigree read, well, chemical registrations. Yep. In Britain. In the, no wo- in the, Brit- at least Britain, uh, probably the world. What was the registrations last year? Was it like 40,000 or something? I think, yeah, but I think it averaged about 40,000. Yeah. A few years, about 45,000, but I think, yeah, are, I should... are you sure? I think it's 80. I thought it was 80. Should we look it up? We'll have to cut this bit out. I was,
1: um. Really <laughs> we good. should really research before, sure, uh, we? will we'll, we'll roll with yeah, it. Sure. Um, so while Ben looks up some facts that we should have done before, uh, Labrador Retrievers, obviously they're re- retrieving dogs. So their instinct is to retrieve game and the game could be anything from uh, you know what they were originally bred for and, and kind of turned into over here in Britain as wild fowling dogs. But they are also now very capable on land as well. Um, but yeah excellent retrievers on land and in water they've got a very good very good coat we can talk more about the coat I'm sure um, but they they have a very amazing coat that is it's is like almost like two layered like a, like a duck's 35,000
0: wow 35? only 35,000 yeah oh, really oh, we're, we're for the year short. for 2019 okay well that's, that's still a really. lot yeah that is a lot
1: yeah Sorry, but, back to what you're saying that's like double cockers isn't it or at least
0: yeah and yeah. there is a reason for that well, they were going to come on to I'm sure why are they so popular but, well, I, I wasn't listening to what you're saying because they're really good you.
1: doggos they're just good. I was just talking about them being expert retrievers on land and in water and their coat as well makes them very useful in water because it's almost double layered they've got you know nice down fe- not feathers <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> they that would be feathers. terrifying yeah um, and a lovely nice big beak
0: <laughs> to, carry the, <laughs> to carry, the, carry the game. Yeah,
1: they just fill it up like a... Um, pelican. Like a pelican, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their own little game bag. Yeah, exactly. You can fit five in. <laughs> um, no, they have a lovely coat that is like down feathers, but it's finer fur, and that keeps them warm, and they have longer fur over the top that, that is almost like a wee waterproof, waterproof layer. Um, so if you uh, uh, ever see a lab or if you own a lab, you'll know they come out of water and they have a little shake and, you know, they're pretty they're dry, dry. Quite quickly. Whereas, you know, spaniels go into water and they come out and an hour later they still look like a drowned rat.
0: Um so that's what helps and the a lab shivering in mess water. Hating you yeah. for having to throw them into a pond. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so so
1: very good in, in water for that sense and and very keen swimmers as well. Obviously for th- why you on the intro.
0: Exactly. They, that's a, their original job.
1: Yeah. Which is it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Going right back, they weren't originally labradors. Started not just as dogs for for the sh- the hunting
0: man or woman, but they started off as yes, yeah, the fisherman man the or fiend. woman. <laughs> <laughs> We're inclusive in this podcast, yeah. but I'd say they are the they are the gun dog. The they are, they were brought yeah. in, you know. You look at spaniels, you look at pointers that were used for falconry. Yeah, they were used for netting, but but yeah. labradors came in at the time where, you know, it was getting to, getting into shooting and getting into people needing dogs to re, to retrieve the, the shot game.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what 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 they do, and that's that's why they're so popular is because they 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 do the job so amongst shooting people, but they've also been turned into you know, pets as well, so working and pets. And assistance
0: dogs. Yeah,
1: working pets we love, and assistance dogs. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about a lot at Labrador, isn't there?
0: This I might guess. be a really long episode. Yeah, I know.
1: Buckle in, <laughs> folks. Um, so, yeah, so the, wor- the working side of things, you know, their they're, they're drive for game and retrieving game is second to none. You know, you, you roll a tennis ball for a Labrador puppy at, you know, when it opens its eyes, it's gonna go over there and have a look, and it's very likely give will, a good go at it grabbing it and trying yeah. to bring it back. Yeah, well, not not necessarily bring it back, but definitely pick it up because he like to retrieve this. and hold things. Um, and it's why a little top. T- we did an early top tip. I think we should. Which is well. We're just doing well- just a little one to do with. I think it fits. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, top tip, which I think I've, we've talked about this before, but. Put your running shoes on. Um, Put your speedos on. (laughs) And the goose grease. Um, No, with regards to a Labrador puppy retrieving things, so because, as I said, they don't always want to bring them back to you, it's important that you encourage them to bring anything back to you that they pick up. Because I think quite a lot of people will discourage the, you know, the their Labrador puppy from picking up the TV remote or slippers or socks or you know a rotting carcass out on a walk but but these are all things that you should still just encourage encourage like oh well done thank you very much good boy good girl leave good girl because you don't want to discourage them from bringing something back to you because Labradors know how to retrieve they'll go and pick things up but it's a case of will they bring them back to you and if you start saying no put that down or leave that or no that no leave 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 they're not going to want to bring things back to you but they'll still want to pick it up they'll still want to pick it up exactly and you'll end up with a dog that will go out and pick something up and rather than looking for you and then coming back to you they'll look for you and go oh right there there I'm going to run this way and you know
0: and probably in the Labrador way they'll also probably eat it yeah eat it yeah yeah which I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get on to yeah But um, looking at the breed standard, Labrador's come in three distinct colours. Black, yellow and chocolate. And that's um, it. And apparently that's it. We're looking at the the British Kennel Club breed standard for Labrador. Yeah, and that's it. But obviously the yellow includes um, the very pale white. And now obviously the extremely popular red. Fox Red Labrador. We're going to talk more about that with our special
1: guest. The fox red Labrador king himself, <laughs> Charlie Thorburn. <laughs> He'll be on very shortly. Um, but yeah, so the, the yellow in the kennel club actually includes anything from a white to a dark, dark rusty red. Um, so don't be alarmed, people, when we say yellow and you've got a red Labrador or a white Labrador and thinking, maybe it's not a Labrador.
0: Put your minds at ease, it
1: is a Labrador.
0: But there was a very interesting um, article in the most recent gundog journal about whether red labs were far better working dogs mm. than any of, the, any of the labs because there's no show dog bred into them. Because we find yeah. a lot now breeders will use a bit of show dog because they're usually kind of sturdier built. They have a far nicer, well, they have a very nice thick coat. Yeah. And they kind of, and they also put in a bit of personality. They're usually a friendlier personality. They're usually far more kind of just bubbly, bubbly. Yeah, bubbly is the right term. And they're usually built a bit bubbly too. They're uh, bu- built very bubbly. They're built very bubbly. So you know, for the, especially um, you know black labs and yellow labs, it is quite. You'll you'll find quite a few show show dogs bred into there. Yeah. So is the red lab f- a far better worker because it isn't? It had, it's had no kind of dilution of the working blood due to due to show dogs. Yeah. What really- do you
1: think about that? It is it is a very interesting topic for sure, and that's obviously where it was covered in the article, and, and it made for good reading. But um, yeah, I think a lot of it is to do with the upbringing as well as the you know the the breeding side of things. So even though the breeding hasn't been diluted with with show dogs, not that there's anything wrong with show dogs, but you know for strictly working dogs, you're looking at the working lines. Um, but no, I think the I think I've known many great working Fox Red Labradors, but I've also known a couple of... Um, equally as many
0: great working e- Black Labs and... Well, I was animals. going to say
1: equally as many not-so-great working oh, yeah, Red Labradors, yeah. oh, yeah. because there is a few Red Labradors who maybe wouldn't, you know, would, 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 would struggle a, a little bit. You know, still have the same enthusiasm for it, but just, you know, a little less going on between the eyeballs. Not between the eyeballs. <laughs> What do they say? Between the ears. Between the ears. <laughs> between <laughs> the eyeballs. <laughs> um, between the
0: uh, yeah. We've been watching Tiger King on Netflix. Highly recommend it. Which is probably why this is out a bit late. <laughs> yeah. I have
1: to admit. Um, We've been binge watching. We have been binge watching it. Not just it. that. But yeah, so that, So if anyone knows what I mean when I say, shoot you between the eyeballs, then and, um, you'll find that funny. And if you don't, then you'll think this is you'll probably unsubscribe
0: and and, and, and turn off right now yeah but anyway either way let's just roll with it (laughs) baby
1: get out go back
0: so in today's world of labrador retrievers and especially the trial inside of things a labrador is to get from a to b hunt at point b and And that's basic, and that's it. as quickly and as kind of seamlessly as possible, everything has to work in straight lines, and yep. you, you'll probably notice with your lab you know they do prefer, especially when they're younger, they do prefer to run in straight lines. they do look to find that line, yeah, and you might not spot it even if it's for a short period of
1: time when they get up to full speed, they like to you know they they're much bigger built, and
0: when they're running a full pelt, they are in a streamlined position and running you know nice and straight. But a spaniel, you'll will find it very very difficult to run from point A to point B, yeah, especially
1: if you know these retrieves. And part of the reason is of labradors is, is because part A and B are two hundred, three hundred yards apart, where and everything's far away. If you're you know standing behind the guns on a driven day as a picker up, you're quite far away, and you need to be. You need a dog that's reliable and can see the bird land over a river, you know, across the line, and they they need to go and get it. Whereas Spaniels are used for beating or rough shooting where they you know, everything's happening right in front of you.
0: So it's, yeah, so it's needed that Labradors should go that distance. But of course, Jim and I have trained Labradors to be like Spaniels, to be rough shooting dogs, especially when well, I think most of them are clients in Over over the Pond. Yeah, in, in, in America, they they like having the, the Labradors
1: are rough shooting dogs because I think they deem them as slightly easier dogs they kind of have than a Spaniel because they, they maybe are a bit put off, put off by the energy of a Spaniel. So they want a, a slightly calmer Labrador. Partly for the house life as well. Not that Spaniels can't be lovely pets at home. Shout um, out to pets at home. <laughs> <laughs> Other pet stores are available. Um, not because they can't be good pets, but because the Labradors, generally speaking, are a bit softer, a bit quieter than the than the spanish but yeah we have we have trained well i have uh, have you i
0: have one at the minute you're training one as, well, as, as you, you speak. speak well I, I, that would be quite yeah right, right now <laughs> but um but yeah i have to admit it's very very interesting yeah if they do well especially if you start it early with them they do take to hunting pretty pretty good of course it's yeah it's a bit like watching paint dry when you're quite used to Spaniels zinging around, yeah, some but, of the time you get some zippy dogs, but yeah, it's
1: you. Spaniels naturally will want to put their nose on the ground. Be like, What's that? "What's that? What's that? What's that?" Labradors are kind of, they more look for things. Um, they what they do obviously smell things as well, but it's not as natural. That's so that's the way to the only way to put it. You know, you, as soon as you get them doing it with a few tennis balls on the ground, because that's that's kind of the way we usually do it. Yeah, and that's the way we that's look to get the pattern. That's what you're doing with too. little jura. Yes. aren't you is a lovely fox red lab actually so we'll see whether she is a good working dog or not
0: if she's not then I blame that the trainer I, I completely agree with you <laughs> but yeah it's, it's just a case of you have to really really encourage it into them it's kind of you kind of for a, a spaniel you're very much kind of trying to get this Kind of mold it into this kind of mold you want it. You want to get to because they've already got it all there for them. But for a Labrador, you're very just. Okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. I I, I I'll get you. Don't worry. Get, get, oh, get me there. Get so me there. So I'll get
1: you there. Um, so a Spaniel can do it already. You're just basically polishing it off. You've got the 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 ingredients, but it's just bringing them all together and kind of you know getting into the perfect dinner. I'm not getting there very well, are you? But with a Labrador, you almost need to buy the ingredients. They're not there already. You need to supply the ingredients. Grow the ingredient, grow, ingredients. Grow them yourself. They're homegrown. Yeah, homegrown and then cooked. Whereas Spaniels come like a little, order little pack that you can cook. They come Farm with a pack. Foods. Exactly. And then you just, you, you rustle it up. That's probably, yeah, that, is that what you were getting?
0: That's a very... Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for, like, maybe forging metal or something. Oh, right, okay. But I suppose a farm foods yeah. kind of comparison is probably... It got, it got us there. No, anyway. but
1: we're there. Anyway, so, yeah, Labradors, you know, aren't born with the natural ability to hunt and seek out game. Spaniels being hunt-flush-retrieve dogs, and Labradors being... Retrieve. Retrievers, believe it or not. It's in it's in the bloody name. It's in the bloody name. <laughs> Labrador Retriever. <laughs> as I separately <laughs> put it um, so yeah so I'm training a, a, a rough shooting Labrador at the, uh, just now as well who's um, Jura's only how oh, old is she 11 months yes she's 11 so months much and much, yeah. the black Labrador that I'm training called Lulu who's also off to America she's um, she's 23 months now and she's getting on very well she just had her first season out shooting And she's got an interesting one because I I did a lot with her when she was younger, like encouraging her to find tennis balls and get her hunting and get her nose on the ground. Um, And I picked her from the litter because she was a bit more bouncy and a bit more kind of keen to do things. And I wanted a bit more energy for the hunting side of things. And I obviously then encouraged that. But as it has turned out, she is, you know, very energetic, very keen to hunt. So... You know, and with hindsight I probably could have done a bit less with encouraging her because I did spend quite a lot of my time just going out, you know, putting a few tennis balls in the grass, in the field, under trees, whatnot, and just going out with her on the lead, taking her off the lead and saying, Go on then and clicking my fingers and she just got into the habit of every time we went out and I said, Go on then she's like, Tennis ball, where are they? Where are they? Look for them, look for them, look for them and sniffing around and trying to find them. And so it brought out the hunting in her very well. You know, I supplied the ingredients, the little tennis balls, and I encouraged them along to grow nicely with Lulu finding them. Um, And then it all came together. Um, Yeah, she came on really well. um, And then she was ready for her first shooting season, which she did very well in, but did get very excited because once you go on game, you know, a pheasant is much more exciting and the smell is so much more exciting than just a tennis ball. So they that really brought more drive and more energy out in her. So now the season's over, I've spent the past few months, you know, doing much more calm, disciplined, basic training with her just to kind of settle her down a little bit um, because she's, you know, she's very capable in every other sense. But it's just quite interesting with hindsight to know, you know, because you never know what the right level to do. And, you know, with labs, you can kind of, especially with retrieving, you can figure it out as you go along. But I feel like teaching a lab to hunt because it's so new you never really know how to gauge it if you know what I mean. You you don't know how much what water to give it when you're growing it.
0: You know how, how how much soil. I feel like we can just drop the analogy. now. <laughs> <laughs> we can never drop the analogy. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe we can. But do you, do you know what I mean? It's it, with hi- hindsight, it's a powerful thing. It? kind of the hunting aspect and allowing her to hunt and find things very much grew her confidence until it kind of, you had to then start to cut it back a bit. Yeah, exactly. Because they've become very, as we, I, as we spoke about with the first two episodes, you know, usually they're bursting with confidence and yeah. because they're hunting it, they're finding it. And the minute you get a lab, and it's very easy to get a lab to be very human focused, I yeah. feel, because when you introduce directional work and, and you know, them, putting them and running them in straight lines, they do become very dependent on you. So when you start teaching a lab to hunt and to start, you know, looking for things, they do. They, I think, they do begin to lose that steadiness and kind of. Yeah, no, I think so because
1: it's it's mixed signals to them, isn't it, a little yes. bit um, as well. Um, but so it was. So it's an interesting one. And Lulu is a, a a lovely dog um, now as well. Who's got plenty of energy. We have we have our moments, but on the whole, she's you know she's a very good worker and she'll be off to her home
0: in connecticut later this year all being well what would be your advice when if if people are looking you know to train their to train their lab which i think is a i think it's a great idea to train a lab to be able to hunt nice and close especially if you're using it in the beating line yeah it's um what would be your your advice Uh, especially for me because obviously i'm me and me and Jura are quite quite new to this, and yeah, I'm learning from all your mistakes. So. <laughs> You're picking up my pieces and going, "Well, I won't be using that." Yeah, just no. gluing them into yeah.
1: Look at this carrot. This is a funny shape. Chucking that out. Ooh. that's part of the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my advice would be another wee top tip already. Two <laughs> top tips. Uh, my advice would be actually not hunt related, not hunting related, because you know. Teaching can hunt is one thing but if you have a dog that is reliable on recall and is steady that that dog can basically hunt because you can send out and you know keep it in close with the recall whistle call it back in and send it out again call it back in and if a pheasant gets up you know, you can get on steady on the stop whistle or sitting to the flush or anything like that. So actually getting the the, the basics right as well, I think that's maybe something I, I didn't do as much on with Lulu at the start, is the... Well, you get carried away, don't you? You do, because you want them to, you know, be a really good hunting dog. And obviously I'm doing it now, and it's it's what it is working out, you know, grand now, but I think encouraging them to do, you know, to be nice and steady is very important because then you know that if they are you know, a little hunting around and they get a bit too excited. If you've drilled them with lots of steadiness, if they see a pheasant get up or a rabbit bolt, you want them to know that they should wait and leave that because they they can just get carried away and head out after it. But you're just having that control and yeah, keeping them nice and close as well is very important, obviously. Um, So uh, back to the hunting when you're hiding tennis balls, making sure that they're going to find them right under your feet as opposed to, you know, even five metres away. The next time they might look six metres away and if you find one there, they'll try seven metres. Keep them really close to you and even if they're running around, just drop one at your feet and take a few steps back and let them find it. That way they're going to think around you is where the action is. And you stop that straying. Yeah, exactly. Stop them
0: wavering Because the minute they they flush that pheasant or start chasing a rabbit or hare when it's 20, 30 yards away, then you just... That's an uphill battle. Yeah.
1: But it isn't just rough shooting labradors we've trained we've, we've done quite a lot with the the kind of classic labrador which is the peg at, dog the peg dog the at heel dog the sitting still dog and the retrieving dog that's you know the the, the three simple jobs you know with spaniels and rough dogs it all gets a bit complicated how far do they hunt where do they hunt when do they hunt do they walk to heel do you teach them to walk to heel blah 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 whereas the traditional labrador peg dog you get them out the back of your nice range rover or other cars
0: are other cars v- that are available. or
1: available. cleo just whatever yeah, and uh walk them to heel to your peg and sit them down and they'll sit there and wait for you, and then you shoot the, the shoot any game that comes past or over, and when you want them to go, they'll go out and retrieve um so the biggest part of that is steadiness steadiness and the the heel work. Um and that's you know, that's That
0: is a that is a Labrador's bread and butter. Yeah.
1: Really. Yeah. And a good Labrador you know because they're very, very close to their owner's heel because they understand much like finding tennis balls next to you in the for the rough shooting, a Labrador at heel knows that when they're right in close at heel, that's when they get sent for things and they get told things and and, and we try and do that in our training, don't we?
0: yeah we do <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you're nodding I'd, I'd I'd You say say, can't yeah, nod I can't nod on a podcast no that th- it yeah, doesn't that's
1: work so. that's that was rule one of podcast What's making school. is yeah, no no physical gesticulation yeah. you need words all the time, yeah, they're handy, but
0: yes, but a lot of that you know, a lot of that can start from day one, the same thing with throwing a retrieve for a puppy and holding it till it calms down and stops struggling and then letting it go and get it. It's all just little things that labs take to very, very quickly. And I don't think there's any... If you look at any kind of British kind of driven shooting, kind of different kind of gun line, I think it's a very classic look to have a few labs sitting there. No, yeah, definitely. And just um, definitely. And
1: hopefully a few of them will be sitting off the lead nice and patiently because that's also a bit of a dying sight, I think. You know, nowadays uh, they're all, you know, either on a lead or, or pegged into the ground because they can't be trusted, which is... A bit of a shame, and especially, you know, we like the idea of having dogs that you can completely trust,
0: and just, you know, you, you say, you sit there, and they will sit there. And even if it takes a few days of you, you maybe standing, standing on the peg, maybe with just your gun out, but just, you know, but not shooting. There, not shooting, and just standing there and just watching. Yeah, sacri- your
1: sacrificing your your day shooting for the for the long run of
0: of having a a great shooting companion it's as much their day as it is yours and i feel like it's up to us to keep, make up to make sure they get it right oh, that is as that is a great quote that is thank you that's, that's good i like that's... that one <laughs> of course labradors as you know from the stat that I hurriedly looked up, <laughs> that we should have obviously looked up before we started the podcast: 35,000. 35,000 Kennel Club registers. In Britain, 35,000. Which, you know, kind of. Tops the list. Yeah, it kind of dwarfs every other stat. Especially, you know, when it comes to the gun dogs, it's, you know, double the amount of, of cockers. Even now, are becoming more and more popular, but still. Um, they just make fantastic pets, don't they? They do, yeah. Just very
1: adaptable and versatile dogs that you know can slot in anywhere and probably out of any dog really um obviously there's much more of them so there's you know a bigger pool to choose from. but in terms of percentage of dogs that are good dogs good doggos labradors is probably top of the list again because you know they are i would say they're probably the the most keen to please dogs that you can you know available
0: gun dogs or otherwise, and even from a very young puppy, and probably the easiest to please, yeah, true I think they're not they're not simple dogs by any means by what they're no. used in in you know what they use for sniffer dogs and obviously for assistance dogs, I'm not saying they're simple at all, but for you know nothing a good meal will sort of lab out, yeah, a good cuddle will sort a of lab out, you yeah they you don't, they can't you don't beat around the bush, do they no. you know they're very. No, it's very simple. Food answer. or a pat or both, basically. Both, both. Yeah. Or yeah. or 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 a wee
1: retrieve. Or A retrieve. Something yeah. to have in their mouth because that's what they that's what they love. But they do, they do seem to from a young age be just so keen to to be around you and want to please you compared to other dogs like spaniels because spaniels are again touching on them again but they're bred to find other things, whereas you know labradors don't have that um, as. Very much. human dependent. Yeah, and they can be, you know, if raised right within the first few months of, uh, you know, life, the sensitive period, if you like, they can become very dependent, and you know that is a is a great thing to have, especially if if you're, you know, you're just a, 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 just using them as a pet, and having them in the house with you, it's a it's a really handy thing to to have, and Labradors have that ability, because they 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 are that versatile, and they are they are that popular for that reason. And there's nothing wrong, I, I think, as well. People, maybe nowadays, try and look for more exciting things because they go, oh, everyone's got a lab. They're a bit boring. And obviously, with a lot of things, you don't want to you know, follow the crowd and be like, get one just because everyone has them. But they're so popular for a reason. The proof know. is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. That's the reason. This is the one thing where it's not just a trend that people are, are doing because other people are doing. They are They're good dogs, Basically.
0: But, you know, of course, if you're looking for a pet, we don't advise looking for the Ferrari of the, of the Labrador worlds so and looking at their pedigree and seeing all the red. And by the red, I mean all the field trial champions, because yeah. you will find that you'll have a dog that will be very, very intense. Yeah. And, and the pro- working,
1: the good, the, the, you know, the the very well bred working dogs are, as you said,
0: Ferraris, you know, w- I'm sp- yeah, I'm very, very much speaking about a very select few of dogs yeah. usually bred for, for trialing and bred to probably live in a kennel, yeah, and just to be you know to have that single focus for you know ten twenty minutes a day when they go out training,
1: yeah, and really it's, really yeah. work and work hard, um, as opposed to the, the other you know side of the dogs which is you know a bit bit camera but still have that working ability and that you know the ability to do to both be a great gun dog and a and a great pet a nice working pet. Um, or a pet that works, if you like.
0: Which I know I have more enjoyment out of training. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Than, not that I've met many Ferraris in my time, but, you know, I could name a few. There's yeah. one in the kennel right now that's a... Yeah. I don't know whether he's a Ferrari or... A, yeah. He's just a He's just a bit of a monster truck, really. But um, He's like a double-decker bus with a really with a, loony driver. With a proper loony
1: driver that is just so, yeah. so A intense. lovely black Labrador in the kennels who is is very, very co- focused and keen. I'm very happy and, you know, quite, very loving, loving enough, I'd say. But, you know, he's just, he's he's full you, on.
0: You send him out for a retrieve and he sounds like, it sounds like thunder. Yeah. When he thunder's out there to get it. Yeah. And even if, and if he can't find it, there's no way, you know, to get him on that stop whistle is. Yeah. A job within itself because he's so focused. Yeah. So I know that I have more fun training those dogs that I know that that are bred to be, working pets are going as working pets. I think it takes a lot of skill to be able to to breed a line of labs that are that capable. Yeah. And we'll be talking to that man himself. The man himself. The Dr Frankenstein of oh, no <laughs> that's that's a bit morbid. Um, <laughs> but a man that's been doing it for about 20 years now breeding working labs and of course is our boss so More. if I, if we can brand brand nose as much as possible that's On this podcast, that's yeah, probably ideal. That's what we're trying to do, really. (laughs) Jim, what? There's somebody at the door.
1: Hello and welcome, Charlie. Welcome to the Gundog Podcast. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming on. And you're here to tell us all about your fine Labradors. So would you like to tell the the listeners, or listener, dear listener,
2: what it is you do? Um, What it is we do is I try to breed the perfect Labrador. And the perfect Labrador, in my mind, is a lovely, calm, easy, biddable dog that can lie around in the house have its tail tugged by children and then can wake up for the following morning and go out on a shoot whether that be sitting on a driven pheasant shoot in Perthshire or on a duck hunt in Arkansas it doesn't really matter. Fetch mister. Yeah it doesn't really matter it's about having that versatility of being able to do all of it with great ease and not batting an eyelid of where they are or what they're doing and what they're expected to be done. And how long have you been You've been doing this, we, well we know, but for the listeners For the listeners, for the listeners. Um, I got my first dog when I was 18 and that was in 1998 Wow uh, I was one then <laughs> I'm glad you're alive That makes you old um, <laughs> And that was a Spaniel And then my second dog I got in 2001 And that was a Cocker Spaniel First one, Springer Spaniel, sorry And then my third one I got about three months later and that was a fox red Labrador called Rum, who was my original Labrador. And all of my Labradors go back to Rum. Yeah. So there's some, is it great, 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 grandchildren? Yeah, like generations. Eight generations. At,
1: uh, yeah. Know, yeah. And
2: maybe even pushing nine. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. So the one thing you have at your advantage is knowing your line very well. Whereas, you know, a lot of breeders who maybe have a few litters off and keep a, uh, a, an offspring and then breed from that, you know, they maybe do that a few times, but you've done it eight times over.
2: Yeah, I but. think Tiggy's pups actually might be nine. Are they? Yeah. Mm.
1: So yeah, lots of experience with one
2: line, so knowing all
1: about you know your own breed, I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, that is a line in my mind. That a line is yeah. that consistency. Not yeah. m- sadly, not many people these days have that. They flit in and out of different fads at the, of, of the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you got you got Rum, your first Labrador, from family
2: friends. Is that right? Uh, someone, a, a gamekeeper and his girlfriend Who I was the first shoot that I went beating on And he was off one of their lines as well Off very much So he, his mother was off a picker-upper um, on the shoot His line And he had that line for about six or seven generations as well And I knew those dogs going back quite a long time yeah. And then the, the, the dog Tyree So Rum's dad was called Tyree Tyree um, was off a sort of three generation line so again I knew all of them so I knew you know I've known the line going back probably the oldest dog that I knew was born when I was about six yeah so that's a very long time ago. So it was a long line before.
1: That I was in the 80s, and, so, yeah. yeah, oh, Jesus, I was negative 17 then. Probably not even a twinkle in your parents' eye. No, I mean, I don't think I've ever been a twinkle in my parents' eye. <laughs> 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 not with that haircut, anyway. <laughs> no, and with a much much more talented younger and older sister as well. Anyway, Um, so you do the Spaniels as well, but it's mainly the labs, you you kind of, that's... Yeah, I love
2: Labradors, I love Spaniels, but Labradors is is the, the reason we've got into more into Labradors, I suppose, is it's just organically, it's what people want, and realistically what most people should have. The kind of average family who want a shooting dog and aren't sure what they're going to use it for, Yeah. they should get a Labrador. Well, we have talked
1: about, on this podcast earlier, about them being much easier everybody
2: yeah um and our ones are easier even than most of those yeah is, is my opinion born, yeah. born half half trained yeah and we we also mentioned radic didn't we we did also mention did <laughs> I,
1: you said, But he was you know <laughs> not typical atypical to you know your labradors because he is much more full on like a ferrari we call them um but you know our dogs can make good working dogs as well but the, the important thing yeah. is they're
2: being working pets, I guess, or pets that work. Pets that work. Because ultimately, uh, uh, probably our client who shoots, the, the clients who shoot the most maybe do 80 days a year, mm-hmm. absolute max, and that still leaves, you know, 200 and whatever days left. 75. <laughs> 275 yeah. days, and all the, no, no, 200 and, anyway, our maths is not a strong 85. Yeah. 85. Uh, uh, that leave, but that and then all the mornings before they go shooting and all the evenings when they get back from shooting, yeah. you know the, the the seven hours that they're actually shooting is you know, yeah. So realistically, it's 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 the majority of the time is yeah. they're just you know they're, they're family dogs who are in the house lying around, yeah. You know, and
1: even if they're not going to the house, you know some some of the dogs it will it won't stay in kennels, but having a kind of a well trained dog in the kennels as well, except for one that's not kind of going mental and barking all the time, you want. Some degree yeah. of calmness with them,
2: yeah. Exactly. Um, but all of ours really go in, in the house, so. yeah, yeah, or well, most of the time in the house, even if they go in the kennel when they're a bit stinky because they're rolling fox muck, then they'll come in the house later. <laughs> good girl, come
0: on, good girl. So, why fox red? Why not? You know, you obviously you have a very You have a you know a line of black labs going back quite a while you know like yellow as well but why why red over over the other two do you find kind of
2: so I wouldn't say that
0: that actually I prefer reds
2: over blacks I like them both equally I do definitely prefer reds over yellows or 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 even more so over the kind of very pale kind of white ones and definitely over chocolates Um, but I think there's a lot in what you grow up with. And I grew up with a Springer Spaniel, liver and white, and I grew up with a, a, probably would be called a red Labrador these days. In those days she was called Toffee, her name was, but she was a dark, a very dark, kind of rusty Labrador. And then my first sort of big experience shooting and picking up and beating was with Rum's family, who were a lot of them were were darker on the darker side and when I got rum he was he was he was a pale red compared to some of our reds now but he was still a red Labrador and he was probably the best Labrador I've undoubtedly in fact the best Labrador I'll ever have Mm. so you've got that kind of childhood memory of of uh, my parents first dog which was red and then my first dog labrador was was red and he was so great that so there's a special place in your heart yeah he's but... yeah exactly he's just got a kind of a, uh, you know he left a lasting kind of memory that that i suppose i'm always sort of trying to replicate i i, I don't think i tried too desperately because i'm never going to achieve that but but um yeah there's definitely affinity to reds
0: because of you know those two dogs and and continuing the line i think could be extra stressful with that kind of dog kind of that. You know, with rum at the peak, and you want to continue as best as you can. How how are you going about kind of steering the ship, as it were? Kind of finding the best, kind of the best couplings, the best. Um, or is it a lot of a interest? lot of gut, a lot of gut instinct? Yeah. So
2: I'm not a big pedigree fan. I don't I don't read pedigrees. I don't worry about which dog does what and did what and produced where and why. Doesn't really interest me as long as I'm not. I don't want to inbreed dogs, but we, we do. In, you know the breeding coefficient calculations and things, but I'm more about looking at a dog and its personality, its look, and just getting a vibe from that dog, um, rather than, as I say, the the names and the numbers. Mm-hmm.
0: There was an article in um, Gun Dog Journal, I think it was Volume Six, which spoke about um, red labs being red labs as being better working dogs because there's. Far less of the show, showbred lines kind of bred into them, due to red being a very undesired colour in the show ring. Do you have any opinions on that at all? Being a prolific, my red honest opinion mm-hmm. is what a load of
2: tosh. Uh, so you say that about a lot of things, don't you? I <laughs> do say <laughs> that a lot of things. <laughs> um, in uh, originally, Labradors were black, and anything not black was deemed to be inferior. And they were either knocked on the head as puppies or they were given to the gamekeeper. The, the, the Duke of Buccleuch and the Earl of Malmesbury, who, they did not have yellow Labradors. They had black ones. And the yellows were... So that went, that went on for years until a dog called Rockland Pete of Drakeshead won the championship. And I can't tell you the year, but I would have said in the kind of 70s or maybe 80s. And Rum's line comes from him. And he was the first yellow to win the championship. And from the day he won the championship, suddenly people were like, "Ooh, these yellows." These are quite yellows good. are actually quite good because he was a phenomenal dog. And th- in those days, uh, it was different to now. It wasn't about handling. Rock- Rockland Pete did not, didn't, wasn't handled once. He wasn't stopped on the whistle once. He was sent every single bird, and he marked every single bird. And there was one particular bit where he was running out for the for the retrieve, and the and the competition was at Sandringham, and he was running for the retrieve, and the queen pulled her Land Rover across. In front of the line that he was running, and she saw it being quite doggy herself. She saw what she'd done, so she reversed back out the way. But the the joke was was Rock, was Rockland Pete going to go through the Land Rover window, over the top of the Land Rover, or underneath it? He wasn't. Whatever he was doing, though, he wasn't going to deter from that straight line course. Now, so he that was all about marking and just poof, straight out, straight back. And yeah, so he was a great great dog that so he won the championship under John Halstead Senior. Um, and uh, that's and from kick that they started. The that's kickstarted the yellows. So to say that a red is more pure, you know, my my line I've got showing them because I like the look of. I like to keep the traditional look of a Labrador. I don't like the yeah. the, the, the 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 sort of the narrow build ones. I like this more traditional dog, as long as it's still athletic enough to jump a big fence. Um, so I, I don't agree. I don't agree with it.
1: No. And I guess also the uh, the whole bit about the yellows and the litter were knocked in the head or given to gamekeepers you know, that you can get mixed colours in a litter of Labradors. So, you know, and you do as well sometimes from, you know, a, a litter from a black bitch or a red bitch, you can get black and red in a litter depending on the colours. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to say that the 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 yellows were inferior to the black when they are exactly the same
2: breeding, it seems a little silly. Um, yeah. It's more about, it's more about the, the continuity of the breeding, which yeah. is why chocolates have gone, gone the way that they've gone, which is to to generally not be considered to be good, as good a gun dog, yeah. because people haven't bred them to be gun dogs; they've yeah. just bred them for showing. And for looks. And, and so, if you if you then decide to breed reds uh, chocolates to be gun dogs again, you could create a good line of chocolates. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no reason not to. So, so to say that the just because they're purely working, that that's you know, that's. We're going to make them better, you, you know. There's, a, there's got to be advantages of hybrid vigor and yeah. and and spreading the gene pool.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and also I guess upbringing as well and training. You know, the the you, in the wrong hands, you could have a great, potentially a great, you know, great fox red lab gun dog. You know, ruined by somebody who doesn't really know what they're doing. And someone would see it on a shoot and think, oh, that's a fox red lab out of control. Or oh, they're they're you know, useless, gun, they're dogs. useless yeah. gun dogs. But yeah. is it
2: you know? Do you should you look at the the owner, or the handler, or the trainer instead? exactly you're absolutely right um you should yeah you've got to, you know the only way really to tell is to is to is to keep as many as you can yeah out of each litter or or off lines and just see whether you're producing you know certain traits coming out in certain yeah certain things and we see that with our with our labradors we see that and that's
1: what we can do as well because obviously we you know we have them up here and breed them here and we can keep a few of them but for for You know, people who who breed a litter at home and keep one of the litter, they're not seeing the traits. They they'll pick up on certain things, but they won't see the traits unless they keep, you know,
2: the whole litter or close to the whole litter and do that, you know, four, five, six times over. Yeah, and that gives me a massive advantage to produce a kind of consistently nice dog. Or I think what I think is a consistently nice dog because I keep so many. I can say actually I don't like what that dog's producing, so I'm going to use a different stud dog, or I'm not going to breed from that. Female, or I'm going to not continue that line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll just steer off on different angles. It's a so science, isn't it? Yeah. So science. There is a lot of science to it. Yeah.
1: With the whole trainer versus dog thing, that's what we were talking about, you Ben and and little Jura. <laughs> well, yeah. A work in progress. See yeah, how that turns out. See if your your fox red lab is is going to be good, and um, we decided if it wasn't going to be if Jura wasn't good, then it was Ben's fault that's what we. Oh, I completely agree with
2: that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well that's that's all, another thing I've always sort of uh always said is is the reason we breed all our own dogs here and train them is because if something if there is a problem with the dog it's generally going to be the trainer's problem or fault not the dog's fault because we know what we're getting. We know you know if you buy if people endlessly buy different dogs in and they go oh yeah that one didn't make it that one wasn't good enough at this or whatever. It's like you can't really. Everyone blames the dog, but actually, often it's probably the the handler not doing a good enough job. Um, you yeah. know, whereas whereas I'm very much of the view that that we know where we know their parents, we know their grandparents, we know their great grandparents. We probably know their older brothers and sisters and their yeah. cousins and their aunts and uncles. So if you suddenly produce, if you suddenly say, "Oh, that dog's useless," it's like, "Well, why is it useless?" Yeah, you know, it's more to do with
0: the individual handling them you know, mishandling them. Yeah. And going back through, you know, back through the generations, was, was there a, a very clear point where Red Labs started, become, started to become more popular? Because, like, right now, it, they are the, they the are thing. thing. They yeah. are the thing. Yeah, so when I had Rum originally,
2: Reds weren't kind of a fashion statement, as it were. Rum was a very popular stud dog because of, he was, a, one, a very good dog, he was a lovely nature dog, but also he was a very handsome dog. So he got used at stud more than any other dog of mine. Um, but I don't think it was necessarily just the colour that people are, that attracted people to him. It was more just that he was a, a lovely dog. I'd, I'd say probably when I came here in about 2006, 2007 was when red Labradors really started to become more of a fashion thing. And I'd say that's when cockers started to become a bit more of a fashion thing as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, well, they've also taken off as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, so uh, yeah. The, the worry with them becoming a fashionable uh, item, as it were, is that people are breeding them now just for their colour and not, and not for you know their their to continue their good traits or looks or ability or whatever else you're looking for when you're breeding a dog. Which, and that's what you've got to remember: is everyone's. Yeah trying to breed a different thing so what i think is the perfect labrador is not what someone down the road thinks is the perfect labrador when I mean, everyone's got their own own aims um and when i think a dog when i look at a dog and i go Oh, i wouldn't breed off that i'm looking at it completely differently than the guy who's going to breed from it um so so it's all it's all about individual perception and opinion
0: do you think you've reached the peak yet do you think this is? Do you think? Do you think there's ever going to be a peak to kind of you breeding the perfect Labrador? You're no. always going to be that little bit. No, uh... it's impossible. It's impossible because you're always comparing them. You always take you compare the,
2: the the that dog to a number of other dogs. You're not comparing them to one dog. So if you try and so what I've never done is I've never managed to keep um, a son of a son, a son of a father. If that makes sense. Sorry. Yeah. So I I you know I didn't I did a, a rum son could never match. Rum Because you compare yeah. them Like for like Too closely It's mm-hmm. too direct Comparison yeah. Whereas and we, a grandson Or a great grandson Yeah it's easier Because isn't? it's a bit more Diluted and you're not Taking You're not going You're not like your father Yeah You're, you're kind cool. of going yeah. Oh yeah you've got Some traits of your Great grandfather in there Yeah um, But it's, and a it's, not, it's not a direct Comparison It's not a And it's impossible That, that direct comparison Is really really hard But no we've got Some nice dogs at the moment And we look at them And, and they've all got their They excel in certain areas And they're really good At you know Their different things but none of them are none of them are perfect and how's your own private breeding campaign going um, with your wife Antonia yeah well we've got a little guy on the way due in July very exciting although I think if I was a Labrador I probably wouldn't be bred from (laughs) (laughs) knee operations back operations lack of flexibility uh you know loss of hair Various other traits That if I was a Labrador <laughs> I certainly don't think I'd pass genetic tests Because I now have to wear, to wear glasses what, Would you pass on Instant looks? Oh definitely Tall, dark <laughs> well, and Well that's, right. that's okay then That's okay yeah. yeah I would pick me From across the street and am sure As you know We would pick you and Ben The reflection Maybe <laughs> yeah. So we'll
1: just Quickly touch on Before we let you go Um About one of your other special Labradors He is a black Labrador um, And he is named Stephen And a few people might know who he is um, But would you like to share with the listeners A bit bit of information
2: about Stephen About why he's so special special. Why he's so special (laughs) special? Oh good god knows Uh, (laughs) Stephen, full name Stevie Wonder uh, Born 1st of April 7 years ago His birthday just the other day Um, He is He was born with no eyes uh, And we... Obviously, the instant thought as as uh, as a you know dog trainer, gun dog trainer was what use is a blind dog? Well, not just that, but you were aware that when puppies come out, they don't have eyes. Well,
1: so yeah. initially, initially, there, okay. There so no full, de- <laughs> full details. There were seven just, puppies. Just in the before litter. we get some
2: callers on the phone, and be like, does this breeder know that dogs don't come out seeing? Uh, litter of seven. Litter of seven came out. Three were born dead. One died. Within ten days, with a twisted gut, which is very unusual for a, so obviously had some underlying health issues. So it probably would get coronavirus, um, and um, and Stevie and Stevie and his two brothers, two brothers are absolutely fine. And we noticed that two weeks old, all the others, the others' eyes had opened, and Stevie's hadn't. And at three weeks old, they still hadn't opened. And we had a closer look, and we realised that they were concave. So there was obviously nothing or very little behind. You know, the, the, in the eye socket. And, but he's, you know, initially we thought, oh God, we better put him to sleep. And then we realised he was quite a character and he was wagging his tail and he was in for the food. He was a bit smaller, but he was still trying. And so we thought we'd give him a chance. Uh, He spent a lot of time in the early days in the kitchen with Antonia. uh, And he learnt some very key words, sort of organically by mistake. Because every time he was going to bash into something, she would go, oh, careful, careful, Stevie. And so now if you say careful, careful, he, he, slows down. His, he slows down and he puts his feet out in front of him like a sort of show pony to feel his way around. And then as soon as he hits a bit of grass or somewhere he knows where he is, he's off like a rocket. Um, yeah, And he does know where he is here as well. It's a bit like if you get asked, asked to walk around your house with your eyes shut, you know,
1: you'd manage it quite well. So he knows how far it is, you know, how many steps on the gravel to get in line with the back door and then he comes into the dog room where he you knows somebody steps it is to the gate. So he slows
2: down at the seventh step and that's the gate there. And comes yeah, and he the feels gate. the different textures as well. Yeah. So he gets to the door and he feels the doorstep and he... And he. I think he hears the sound. I think his, his smell and his hearing is, is more acute than the rest of the dogs. Well, it's better trained, isn't it? He's yeah. used it more than other dogs. Yeah, so he, he knows he's getting close to things. And he, he does bump into... Vehicles If they're parked In the wrong place Sometimes and yeah. get excited. But most of the time Actually he doesn't yeah He, he, kind of he would
1: really Bash into the Queen's Range Over wouldn't he But he not, would, because, yeah.
2: he not, the, not <laughs> because He was on Not because he was On blind <laughs> retrieve Just because he's blind Well he was on a blind <laughs> retrieve They're all blind <laughs> They're all blind For Stevie And Stevie's been He's been out shooting He's been out A number of times His first day out His first day out Was on a grouse mall, uh Aged probably About 18 months Maybe two Down in the Lammermuirs And his first retrieve He wiped the eye Of a considering he doesn't have eyes, it's pretty good. Okay. He wiped the eye of the Duke of Northumberland's Cocker Spaniel, and anyone who knows about shooting knows that the Duke of Northumberland probably does more shooting than most of us put together, and is a phenomenally good shot, so his little dog probably gets quite a lot of work to do. And he couldn't find a grouse, and Stevie went straight over, and within about 30 seconds picked it up. And the Duke was delighted, and was less, less delighted when I told him that his that the dog had just found it was actually blind and had never picked a grouse before, um, and then he was intrigued to learn all about him um, and see he's been in the news, he's been in the newspaper. Uh, so he's been in in his youth, he was quite a famous chap. He's um, a bit of an icon, A bit of an icon. He's, I... he's hung out. He's hung out with dukes and princes and all sorts of things. Uh, and now he's just um, a much loved. Clown who who gets himself in trouble in a very endearing way, um, and we just call him the bad dog because he's generally just a bad dog, <laughs> and he thinks that's his other name. If we go bad dog, bad dog, he just he comes he as, a bit well, as well as he does when he's caught, we're calling yeah. him over. Um, and I guess the reason we kept him was just because we're a bit soft. Um, if he has more hardcore old school kind of gun dog yeah. trainer, I would definitely not have kept him well you had contacted the was it the dick vet at edinburgh yeah i had a i had a vet student at the time who'd done some work with us and he was he was at edinburgh uni vet school and i rang him up and asked and he put, he was working at the dick dick vet at the time as part of his course and I, he spoke to his lecturer or tutor or whatever the technical word would be and they would they were going to be they would, would have loved to sort of basically um do a, an autopsy on stevie and see whether the early stages of the eyes have been developed because what they thought was that probably his mum got a virus when she was pregnant yeah and that's why some of the puppies didn't make it and he him and his sister who died were had obviously had defects yeah but other than
1: obviously the big thing of having no eyes he's a he's a very handsome dog very kind of well-built
2: you know, smart dog as well. I think he's probably be one dog. of our best dogs If you yeah, can See, because yeah. he's very smart. Yeah, probably. A it, bit it too would, smart. Obviously, it's
1: not something we, we would ever do, but using him at stud would be an interesting experiment just to see what would happen. I mean, he is clear of any eye problems, which is good.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah genetically clear of yeah. all eye problems. He just doesn't have any to be clear. of. Brackets and eyes. Um, yeah. but probably actually, if you bred from him, because it's not a genetic. They don't think it's a genetic thing. No, and it can't be because it's a one-off. Yeah. Um, and no one really ever seen it before. Um, but he, um, yeah, probably you would have no issues at all. But that would but be it's, it's completely, not completely irresponsible I think I to even so, take yeah. that risk, um, yeah. and and totally unnecessary as well. Because we have his dad still, Mars, who's probably about twelve, and Mars yeah. is retired now. But we've got a half sister of Stevie, Aspen. So we've still got that. That sort of connection of his line, and we've never had any any eye, eye issues or he's lack of a, eye issues. Since. He's just
1: this, the strange, strange Uncle Stephen, though, isn't he, of the he's, family? Turning yeah, up to yeah. all the family events. Yeah. Oh God, Stephen's oh, God. Back. He's bashing into <laughs> our legs again.
2: <laughs> Poor Stephen. Um, but he's very happy. He's always wagging his tail. He's yeah. always keen. He's he's he must have a, a skull like a badger. Though. Yeah, reinforced. But a much loved member of the Mordor team for sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: And a bad dog. it's now time for
2: charlie thorburn's top
1: training tip
2: tip 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 uh so my top tips and advice top tip and advice would be when you're training any dog is to do more than you think you need to do so when you think you're you've done enough of any particular exercise not necessarily the same day, but a different day. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And when you think you've done enough and the dog's achieved its standard, it still hasn't and you need to repeat it a load more. So keep going till you're blue in the face and the dog's blue in the face, but not in one go, in lots and lots of little individual training exercises. So Labrador-specific... can't even speak. Um, the most important thing for a Labrador to do, really, one of the most important things, because a Labrador's a gun dog, is walking to heel. Because you need that dog to walk to your heel the whole time. They're called a non-slip retriever. They should be off the lead at your heel, waiting for retrieve. So you need to practice healing, 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 and some more healing uh, to make them really good. And it doesn't matter if your dog can do amazing retrieve 600 yards away. If you can't get it to walk to heel with very little effort, across the moor, through the middle of the town, across the car park, then... They're going to drive you mad for the rest of your life. So don't skimp on the healing training. And what's your your best recommended way to get them reliable walking to heel? So start off on the lead. If a dog won't heel on the lead, they're not going to heel off the lead. So on the lead, practice lots of figure of eights, backwards, forwards, round in circles, stopping, starting, slowing up, speeding, slowing down, speeding up changing all the time so the dog's focus is on you and they they haven't got time to look at the rest of the world they're just looking at you because they have no idea what you're going to do next brilliant that's covered everything
0: I, like. I learned something just now yeah
2: me too yeah i'm gonna go and do a bit of training
1: i think like. <laughs>
2: yeah. well thanks for coming on we'll be hearing from you again at some point i'm sure but yeah, thanks what very like much. when I come in the middle of one of your podcasts and yell at you and tell yeah, you exactly. to, work. You to stop. <laughs> stop being podcast famous and do yeah. some work yeah yeah,
1: yeah. okay thanks well, very much
2: well.
1: bye <laughs> bye
0: you have to say bye bye, bye. Thank, thank you bye hi guys and thanks for listening to this massive bumper episode uh, we might have to take a week off next week just to just to sort of really recover we've never done an hour before we, we like to keep it usually below 40 minutes but this one we just couldn't help but not go big and then go home
1: yeah and then go oh, well, we where went, else
0: can we be we went big at home yes.
1: as you all should be doing right now staying at home um, but yeah no, we will try and get another one out to you the the next episode is going to be other breeds so not your standard Labrador Springer Spaniel or Cocker Spaniel. Just every other breed because we don't know, you know, too much about them. We've had experience with different ones. But I'm sure
0: we'll recount those.
1: As we talk about it. Yeah, so that's that's what we'll do. Just try and keep keep it with the breeds just now and then, you know, after the next one we'll go.
0: A bit more freestyle than usual. Yeah. Which maybe. might be difficult for you guys to imagine, but
1: Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, this is us reasonably on the
0: lead on the lead lead. at the heel at the heel we're about to be let loose and just go
1: go go wild go absolutely wild Uh, but yeah thanks for listening the lovely red Labrador in our cover photo for this podcast is rum so Charlie's original fox red Labrador that you heard about earlier Um, but yeah thanks for listening and we will speak to you soon cheers guys stay safe bye